0: Let's stay in the atmosphere of worship. Now comes the time, the one place that God says, try Him. Try Him and see. And we trust our life with Him. We trust decisions with Him. We can also trust our finances with Him, right? So if you would go ahead and take your offering in your hand, and if we can go ahead and pull up the scripture 2 Corinthians 9 6 through 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work amen amen you can go ahead and bring your offering and offering time's over we will have children's church and i think miss marty will meet us back here on the side
1: Once again, children, I think that's all the kids back there with Miss Marty. Awesome. Perfect. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you at this time. Uh, Nicholas from the youth group is going to come share uh, something we will be doing with the youth upcoming July
0: 16th. So July 16th, I know y'all saw it on the bulletin board earlier, but we're going to do a car wash uh, here at 9 to 12 to help raise money for Accelerant and as you see out in the foyer, all those pictures of us we have a great time there Nobody, everybody comes out learning something uh, and then it's a great time to know each other, fellowship and then uh, but yeah, it's, and only donations uh, uh, give what you think is needed. So from 9 to 12 on the 16th, it's
1: donations only, and we'll be doing a car wash. You go, Pastor. Awesome. Let's hear it for Nick. Good job, buddy. Uh, Yes, this year we're going to be putting our hands to the plow a little bit more with the youth group. We're going to be doing a lot of fundraising this year, not just the donut cards. Uh, Me and Pastor Bethany felt in our spirits at this time we put our hands to the plow a little bit. So we're doing car washes and stuff throughout the summer. We're excited uh, like Nicholas said, Accelerant is an awesome experience for the kids. I went this past year for my first time as a chaperone figure, and I loved every, every minute of it. Um, the speakers were powerful. The worship was amazing, and it was a great time for the youth group to grow closer together. So July 16th is a Saturday. All right, from 9 to 12, y'all come out, get your cars washed. Like he said, donations only, but a minimum of $500. Just joking. Hey, we get to Accelerant real fast, right? We'd be there. Real quick, just joking. Um, I believe this Nick right here wanted us to pray for him and the Fry family. You guys want to come up here real quick. Um, Nick is going to be heading to basic training in the Air Force. Um, He's actually going to the Special Forces portion of the Air Force. Uh, So we're going to pray over Nick uh, that the Lord guides him and leads him in this process of basic training and then throughout his uh, military career. So Fry family, y'all want to come pray with us over here. And if everyone else would stand up and raise their hands to the front as we pray over Nick and his journey, this journey he is starting. Um, and we are just extra thankful that this brother has answered the call to serve our country. Father God, we thank you for Nick. Father, we thank you for his courage and his bravery to answer this call to protect those that he loves. And we honor all those who have served and are serving in the military, fighting for the freedom of this nation. And so Father, we just pray a special hedge of protection Over Nick, as he is at basic training, we pray that you guide his steps. You cover every step. You give him supernatural wisdom. Father, I pray that through this process, he learns to know you deeper. He follows your Holy Spirit deeper places he never imagined. And, Father, we just want to pray over his career, that you guide every step that he takes. You protect him every time he goes out to serve this country. And, Father, you just guide him and lead him in all things. Supernatural hedge protection over this brother. In our mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks, man. We appreciate you, brother. Yes, we are very proud of you. We're very proud of you. That's awesome. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. We're excited for this young man starting off on his journey. Starting off on his journey. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Two quick things I did want to mention real fast. Um, for all of you who are new to the faith, you've recently, I know a couple of people aren't here, but you've recently given your heart to Jesus, um, or you just feel like you want to rededicate your life through water baptism, we are going to have a water baptismal service um, in August. And so if you are interested in being baptized again, just because you were baptized as a kid and you didn't feel like you genuinely made a real decision based upon what you know now, And so you want to be, I'm talking, if you are 60 or 70, you want to be rebaptized. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think oftentimes we're encouraged too young to get baptized, and then we get older, and we're like, well, I didn't even really appreciate that. Um, So if you want to be baptized, please come see me anywhere from the ages of 5 to 75 to 85. We'll do it all, all right? So if you want to be baptized, I'm really excited about that for next month. Um, Also, one more thing, if you, I have had a lot of people come talk to me about what is our process to become a member Um, And I've been very cautious not to just jump into anything because I want that to be something special. Um, So coming also uh, in the beginning of September, so right at the end of August, we're going to start our Seawalk Culture Class. And so what that's going to do is we're going to go through what does it mean to be a member of the body here at Crossroads World Outreach Center. The new Seawalk, who we are now, the direction we're going. So if you were interested in getting baptized Please come see me. We'll be having our baptismal service next month in August. And then if you want to become a member here at Crossroads of this body of Christ, we'll be having our SeaWalk Culture class in the beginning of September. So really excited about those things that are coming. Uh, Are we online, Miss Cindy? All right, everyone in-house, say good morning to everyone online. One more time. Awesome, awesome. Good morning, everyone. Would you please stand with me as we... Uh, Pray before we get into time of the word today. Please raise your hands to heaven as is our custom as we prepare our hearts to receive from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, uh, you know how my week has been, so I just pray you speak through me. I don't want to do it in the flesh. I don't even want to try by my own power or might, but only by you, Holy Spirit. So Spirit, in this moment, I just pray you prepare every heart right now in this moment. Open every ear, soften every heart, (laughs) shrink big heads where we are ready to learn and prepare us to receive today, Father. Prepare our hearts and our minds as we are about to start a journey in studying what the church was, what it is, why it was established and how do we rightfully walk in that place of being the body of Christ. So Holy Spirit, I just pray in this season, I don't know how long it's going to be, I don't have clear vision in this season, but Holy Spirit, we will be dependent upon you. In all things, to follow you deeper, follow you higher, follow you all around, wherever you take us and guide us, we will follow. So, Holy Father, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for this body of believers who gather today to take part in what you're doing. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Last Sunday, we came up to the altar as a church family saying, We are willing to take this journey into the Bible to look how the church was established, why it was established, and how do we better fit what Christ meant for his body. Um, And as as I'm learning, the Holy Spirit can't just let me roll with anything, but we will get to that eventually, I promise. Uh, Hopefully in the next two or three weeks or so. We're going to call that uh, conquering culture and cultivating the church. That's what Pastor Charlie knows. I've been talking about wanting to do this for ever. It's not a series, so hopefully the Holy Spirit doesn't stop me halfway through like he tends to do. We're just going to study the New Testament church. What did Christ intend? But before we get there, before we start on that, the Holy Spirit made it very clear we are meant to talk about two things. I don't know about I don't know how long till we get through these two things, uh, but the two things are the law of liberty and the new covenant. That's what we, as this body of Christ, are going to be looking at before we can get to the point of studying the church. Today we are going to look at the law of liberty. I don't have a fancy PowerPoint. To be, just to be like radically honest with you, I literally just finished this sermon at uh, 10.02 a.m. this morning. Yeah? Th- thank you, Melissa. Thank you. She said, awesome, perfect. Uh, every time I prepared a sermon this week, the Holy Spirit told me no. And so I really thought I had what I was going to talk about on Friday. And I was like, yes, I'm good to roll. And then Saturday rolls around and I kind of have peace as I woke up this morning and the Holy Spirit said no. Um, I am realizing and learning how to just be fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And it's terrifying uh, and uncomfortable, and I'm really uncomfortable right now because the past couple of months, I mean, y'all know I love putting together a good sermon, but I'm very uncomfortable because I just got some things I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to know. Before we get into that mode of thinking, okay, this is the church, we had to know how the church operated and how they thought. Um, so I just want to pray one more time because the Holy Spirit's telling me to. Holy Spirit, I just pray you take away any traditions that we cling to you take away any religious practices that we think have to stand forever. But, Father, if it's not biblical and if you did not ordain it, we don't want it. And if your Holy Spirit is not leading us to it, we do not want it. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray you clear our minds and you clear our thoughts and you just prepare us to receive. And, Holy Spirit, I just pray for deeper revelation because we can have all the head knowledge in the world. But if we don't truly know you, it's not going to make a difference. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. Amen. Um, Just from living my life as a believer over the past seven years, almost eight years that I've been a true believer in Christ, I found myself in two places, and I think a lot of us have found ourselves there. And I think a majority of the modern church, we're finding ourselves stuck in an odd place. We're finding ourselves stuck in between religion and relationship, and we don't know how to get free of this place we're stuck in. I feel like a lot of us are frustrated with our Christian walk because we've gotten stuck in a cycle of religion we don't know how to break free from. But we also don't know how to fully walk in freedom yet. So anytime we break free, we get caught up in things we didn't want to. And then we find ourselves back in that weird middle ground. Um, And Christ did not come to propagate a religion. He came to actually free us from religion. Religion, in essence, is man reaching for God. It's us striving to try to get to God. If we just do the right formula, if we do the right things, we can finally get to God. But Greg Laurie says this Religion was man's attempt to grab God, but Jesus was God's plan to reach man. And so I'm learning to think in a new way. And this is why I'm praying that all of us, we clear our minds and our thoughts and we just look at Scripture today. And we clear our minds to follow a better way, a superior way. So the law was given in the Old Testament to show sin but never to free us from it. And so the law was given to those living in that time period before Christ so they could see their sin, but the problem was they could never be freed from their sin by this law. And through Christ and by His Holy Spirit, He's given us a far superior way to that law and that middle ground of how we can't find the true freedom. He's given us a way that is so much greater than our flesh, a way that is so much greater than man-made religion and traditions. So today I'm praying that through looking through the scriptures together, this, I wouldn't even call this a sermon, I don't really know, I guess this is more of a talk. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit frees us day by day to become the people he wanted us to be. And for those of us, majority of us who grew up as Christians, we have a lot of tradition and religion stuck up in these heads of ours. And as we're going to see today, as we look into the book of Galatians, Paul was dealing with two sets of people and he found the Galatians were in a very similar place as we are today. But I'll pause right there. Let's look at James, chapter one, verse twenty-five. James chapter one, verse twenty-five says this: "But he who looks into the perfect law, of liberty, and continues in it, and is not forgetful hearer but a doer of the of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does." James two twelve says this: "So speak, and so do as those who will be judged by the law." Of liberty. And so we have this standpoint that James is writing to the Jews to free the Jews from the religion that they've been stuck in. And so he's writing, he says, this law of liberty, which would have been completely transformative in the minds of a Jewish person. Why? Because the Jewish person was raised under what? Judaism. And how many laws were there in Judaism? 613. And you know what happened? You know what Paul says? Paul says, why are you still trying to follow this law? If you break one of them, you've broken all of them. So James is writing this principle called the law of liberty that would have been truly transformative and truly radical to a people, the Jewish people. But we're going to go into the book of Galatians. So if you would turn to the book of Galatians and just be ready, that's where we're going to spend majority of our time today. And so Paul is talking to people like us in the book of Galatians. And what do I mean people like us? Paul is talking to Gentiles. How many of you in here know we are in the Gentile camp? Unless you are 100% Jewish, which some of you may be, I don't think so, you are in the Gentile camp. He's speaking to people like you and people like me. And the Gentiles were caught in a weird spot. They were being told to follow the laws of Judaism, which they had not experienced at all. These people were so foreign to the concept of Judaism that when those were coming in, were really trying to break into the church and teach, okay, it's Jesus and law. It's Jesus and the law of Judaism. The Gentiles had no idea what they were talking about. The Gentiles didn't grow up in the Jewish tradition. And so they were in a weird spot because not only were they being told now follow the law, they were now having other people tell them, no, just continue to do what you were doing before Jesus because now Jesus' grace covers everything. So you don't have to follow anything. Just live how you want to live and the grace of God will just cover everything. Stay, live like a Gentile. Then you have the other camp telling them, no, now follow the law. How many of us have heard that in the modern church today? Follow these rules, follow these methods, and you will be so close to God. Hmm? Well, Galatians 2.13 tells us we're already as close to God as we will ever be because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we know this camp can't be right by following every single law you ever see. But then there's this camp over here in the modern church telling us, just live how you want to live. The grace of God covers all things. Yes, it does. The grace of God does cover all things, but not in willful rebellion when you know you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing willfully. So the Gentiles found themselves in a very similar place as we find ourselves today. And Paul writes to them, and the reason I'm pausing is because I'm trying to figure out how I need to word this. I'm trying to let the Holy Spirit lead me. And so Paul is writing to these Galatians who are stuck in a weird place because they're being, they're being pulled to and fro. okay, do I follow all the rules I've ever, I've ever been taught, I've ever learned, or do I get to live in the freedom that Christ died for, but how much is that freedom? And so I found myself in both of those spots. I found myself as a person when I first became a Christian, I bashed everyone else who was not following the Bible the exact way I was following it. No, this is the way. I was very dogmatic about how I spoke to other believers, very nasty, very dogmatic. But then there was a period in time where I ran and just did whatever I wanted to do, saying, okay, Jesus, you covered me in your blood. Now I can just live however I want to live. And so I can find myself where these Gentiles were. And I think the majority of us have been in seasons where we can relate to these Gentiles, where you were just zealous, for everything the Bible ever said. Yes, 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 yes. But then you found yourself in seasons where you made excuses for why you were living the way you were living. And so... Paul writes, and he tells us people tend to do two things. They tend to do two things, and this is in the flesh. They tend to do two things. When you try to follow Christ by your flesh, when you try to follow Christ by your own power and your might, there's two things that people end up doing. Number one is they end up going away from Christ, living how they want to live, and claiming that the blood of Christ already covers them. They don't need to follow rules. They don't need to do that. So our flesh, what does our flesh automatically do? It pulls us away from the things of God. And so we know that in our flesh, number one, when we try to follow Jesus by the flesh, we run from him, right? And then what do we do? We make excuses for why we're living the way that we're living. Oh, Jesus already covered that. I'm good. I'm, I can live this way. But then when, also when we try to follow Christ in the flesh, we find ourselves in a very religious mindset. Why? Because your flesh tells you you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. And so we tend to cling more to the Old Testament than the New Testament. At least I hear majority of pastors preaching from the Old Testament because we found ourselves trying to run from the flesh this way, but we found, we found ourselves in the flesh this way. And This is why we have rules in church like you can only wear a suit and tie. Wear your Sunday best. All these things that the Bible never talks about, we find ourselves trying to institute rules just as the Pharisees did. We're actually about to read a scripture where Jesus rebuked the Pharisees who claim to follow the law, but we're actually just following man-made traditions. And so the flesh takes us one or two ways. It takes us fully away from Christ, or the flesh actually takes us under the law of the old covenant. And so we find ourselves in two places, either in rebellion or rebellion. Even if you live under the law, you're in rebellion to Christ. Paul said, why are you trying to follow the law? If you could be justified by your own works, then Christ died for nothing. So do you know what it means to be a Christian living under the law? That's the biggest slap you could ever give to Jesus Christ. When you try to earn your own salvation, when you try to be good enough for the love of God, you're actually slapping Jesus Christ in the face and saying your death was not good enough. And so that's where our flesh takes us, and that's who Paul is writing to in Galatians. He's writing to these people that are confused. Has anyone ever been confused in your faith? Not knowing what to believe because you've got so many people pulling you different ways. Okay, do this, no, don't do this. Okay, do this, no, don't. Okay, do this, no, don't do this. And you're saying, well, what do I do? And in the flesh, you're never going to know what to do. And that's why we find ourselves stuck either in sin or in religious cycles. So there are two cycles you will find yourself in if you're not following the Spirit of God. You'll find yourself in sin cycles or you'll find yourself in religious cycles and neither one is glorifying God. Neither one is where God wants you. Jesus Christ did not come so you would live in sin. And Jesus Christ did not come so you would be stuck in a religion. Neither one glorified the Father. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. And this is for those who abuse their freedom in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. But then, indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you, t- you have turned again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in Vain. Look at what he says in verse 9. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? And so what is he saying? He's saying, why are you running back to the things that Christ died for you to be free from? And what was their response? Oh, he freed us. I can do whatever I want to do. And Paul is saying, no. If you read the first couple chapters in Galatians, he's saying, no, that is not why he freed you. He freed you so you would not go back to these things. And so Paul is writing to those in the camp of saying, I can just do whatever I want to do. And there's no there's there's no problem with it. God is okay with it because he loves me, because his son died for me. First Peter two sixteen says this: Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as slaves of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Just because you are free to does not mean you need to. Do we understand this? Just because you are free to does not mean you need to. Does the blood of Christ cover everything? Yes, but you will never be where he wanted you if you don't actually ever follow his spirit. So the fact of the matter is just because you can and it will be covered by the blood of Christ doesn't mean you slap Christ in the face and keep doing it. That's a sin cycle that we get stuck in of rationalizing because we in the American culture just want to work everything out through logic. Oh, but because this scripture says this, I can now go and do this. But the fact of the matter is if you read one scripture out of context, you can say a lot of things about the Bible. You can make a case for anything you want to believe if you take one small portion out of this Holy Scripture and say this is what it means. But the fact of the matter is you're free to do anything, but not everything is beneficial for you to do. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Did you know? You couldn't serve one another humbly in love until you were freed from yourself. Before Christ freed me from me, I couldn't serve anyone else in humility and love. Why? Because I wanted everyone to serve me. I was walking in pride and hatred. How could I possibly serve people in humility and love in my flesh? You can't do it. Until you were freed by Christ, this better way, you lived in these things. Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself so this camp does things like this they follow the flesh but they claim Christ I've been there I've followed my flesh so hard but was claiming Jesus all the way there y'all I was in Bible college doing stuff that would have blown y'all's minds in Bible college I know what it's like to follow the flesh and claim Christ I've been there myself and this camp says you can do anything and the answer is always yes 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 should I do this? Of course you can. You can do anything in Christ Jesus. You are free from these things. You're free from the law. You're free from the rules. You can do whatever you want. And this camp grieves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what? Holy. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is set apart. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into places of sin. I, I still sin. Anyone here perfect? I didn't think so. I still sin, but is it the Holy Spirit in me sinning or my sin nature? Am I allowing my sin nature to pull me away? This is, this is the conversation that uh, Paul has in Romans. This is why he wrote Romans 6 He writes the and 7, he writes this conversation. Romans 6 and 7, he says, it's not the spirit of God in me causing me to do these things. It's the fact that I am still in this human body that pulls me away. So who's been there? Who knows what it's like to be in that place? Yes, I think we all have been there. This is the common theme. Everything is covered by grace. You are absolutely right. Jesus' his blood, when he died, he died for past present, and future sins. He died at all. Hebrews tells us that his one sacrifice was for all time. There's no longer blood sacrifices. Why? Because Christ's sacrifice was enough. It was enough. And so it is covered under grace, but that does not mean, this is why Paul also writes in Romans, should we continue sinning so grace may abound? And he says, absolutely not. Why? Because we're slapping Christ in the face that's like me cheating on my wife and her knowing it, me continuing to do it, knowing it is breaking her and destroying her. Who are we? The bride of Christ. When we cheat on Christ with our past life, we grieve him deeply. What is grief? You are, so, you are in so much despair, you almost at the point of death. We are grieving the spirit when we live in such a way. And so this group follows the law of the flesh. The law of the flesh, which leads to sin and death. This group is following the law of the flesh. And Christ says, you are free, but use your freedom to what? To serve others in humility and love, not to indulge the desires of your flesh. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Flip back one page or two pages. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth because whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, and works miracles among you? Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage to the law. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that If you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I will testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And this is the camp Paul is writing to of those who follow man-made laws and traditions over the Holy Spirit. This is the group I think I find myself in more than not. is the group that is trying to follow rules rather than following the Holy Spirit of God. Let's look at Mark chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. Just write it down. He replied, this is Jesus, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. I think that's a pretty clear rebuke that we are not meant to put anything of man-made nature, man-made tradition. Has you know how many times growing up in the church that even my father wanted to change things and people said no? And when he asked Why? They said, because we've always done it that way. Does that sound like the flesh or does that sound like the spirit of God? And so that mentality is something we're trying to kill in this church that we don't ever put man-made tradition, man-made religion over God Almighty himself. And the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is always trying to lead us into something new. So if we are so stuck in the old, if we are so stuck living in the old covenant, the old testament, the old way of doing church, the old days, can I tell you how tired I am of hearing the older generation talk about the good old days when God wants better days ahead of us? I'm not looking back to the Brownsville revival. I'm not looking back to Azusa Street. I'm looking forward, believing, praying that God will bring a a revival to the East Coast to fully wipe through in the year 2022 that we truly become an impact player as the church of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 8 tells, tells us that Jesus came to establish a better covenant and that the old one was ready to vanish away because what Christ did fulfilled the old covenant. When Christ died upon the cross, and guess what else was fulfilled? The law was fulfilled. Christ, he didn't abolish it, he fulfilled all things to show us a superior way, a better way, something new, something that would take us into a place that the old could never take us. Man, I'm preaching pretty good. Come on now. I'm just I'm just messing with you guys. Galatians 5. Galatians 5.8. 5, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians 5.18. Sorry, Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So this camp is also following the flesh, but claiming Christ. They, by their own willful ambitions, have put laws and regulations on themselves that Christ never intended. The Holy Spirit was not given to us. And I love this. This I love the Bible so much. The Holy Spirit was not given to us to put more laws on us. The Holy Spirit was given to us to write the law on our hearts. I'm going to let you all sit on that one for one second. What does that tell me? If the government took all the Bibles we ever had, if you never were able to read the Word of God again, The Holy Spirit in your heart would guide you into all goodness, all righteousness, all gentleness, all faithfulness, all love. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been written inside of our very beings, intertwined with our very spirits. Yes, this book is amazing, and I hope you read it. But the fact of the matter is, even if that was taken from us, Even if the Bible was, we could still follow the Holy Spirit of God because it's no longer just about studying and getting head knowledge. Can I tell you, you will never get where Christ meant for you to be if you constantly just try to understand this with your mind. The Holy Spirit wrote it on your heart. Christ said, unless you are born of the Spirit and water, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I have been born of the Spirit, have you? Y'all, there are days where I don't even read this book anymore. Y'all about, oh, the pastor doesn't read it. No, because I'm out doing stuff the Holy Spirit's telling me to do. And you know what's the beauty of the Holy Spirit? When you read it, guess what he'll do? He'll bring it to your remembrance. So for all of you who read the Bible 10, 10 hours a day but never share the gospel with someone, I need you to reevaluate who you're listening to. Are you listening to religion or the Spirit of God? All who are led by the Spirit of God are not under the law. You don't belong here anymore. My gosh, if we can just get, y'all, sometimes I feel like a spiritual Moses. If I could just set the people free, get out of here. You don't belong in sin. You don't belong in religion. You belong in union with Jesus Christ. He did not die for you to simply know of him. He did not die for you to continue living in the flesh. He died so you could be one with him. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We want to overthink everything and act like, oh no, this is what this really means. No, it means that Christ literally wants to be your king, to rule your thoughts, to rule your actions, and to guide you into all things. That's literally what it means. Man. So, one thing I've noticed about this camp is that they don't grieve the Holy Spirit, they quench. The Holy Spirit, can I tell you the difference? Grieving is to make the Holy Spirit very deeply sad. I mean, because you're, you're, you're claiming Christ, but you're living contrary to what you know the truth is. You are grieving the Spirit because you know, and you're doing it anyways. This group has so many rules and religions and traditions set up that they don't leave any room for the guiding of the Holy Spirit. So it's not that they're living in sin. Y'all, they may be living better than I am. But the fact of the matter is they have so many things already filling up their head that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. And what does quenching mean? Quenching means when the Holy Spirit is guiding you and he's leading you, but you don't listen to what he's saying. You quench him. Francis Chan says it this way, the modern church has quenched the Holy Spirit into silence. Why? Because the Holy Spirit does not owe you anything. The Holy Spirit does not have to talk if he does not want to talk. The Holy Spirit does not have to lead you. And after a time, if you keep telling him no, guess what he's going to stop doing? He's going to stop speaking. So this side has grieved the spirit, this side has quenched the spirit, this side has followed the law of the flesh, this side is stuck in the old covenant. Majority of the modern church is in one of these two places and we're trying to get here. This is why we're doing this study. This is why we're going to go deeper into the word of God, studying and really diving into it because we don't want to be here. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. We don't want to have so many rules and regulations and religion that we can't even hear his voice or follow his way. We also definitely don't want to be over here grieving him by living however we want to live and not heeding to anything the Spirit of God. Because the fact of the matter is even if if you're living over here and you don't read this book, if you have the Spirit of God inside of you, he has written that law on your heart. So either way, we don't want to be one of two places. We don't want to follow the law of the flesh. We don't want to follow the law of the Old Testament. Because if you try to live here, you've got to fulfill every single law. And if you live over here, you will never live in purpose. Your life is going to be a hot mess. You're going to be all messed up. You're going to be wondering, why is everything horrible? Claiming Jesus on Sunday, but living however you want the rest of the week. Either way, I don't want to be either one of those places. This one is absolutely exhausting when you try to fulfill every single thing in your own power, in your own might. Absolutely exhausting. This one over here is absolutely destructive because when you follow the the flesh, the flesh leads to what? Sin and, say it louder, death. And Yes, you as a Christian can experience spiritual death when you don't walk according to the Holy Spirit. We don't want to find ourselves either way. I don't care how big we would grow if we did one or two ways. I don't care how many people would come to our church if we did one or two ways. I don't care about people. I care about God and following his way. Am I now pleasing man or God? That is a question we must ask ourselves daily, Galatians 1.10. Are we now pleasing man or are we pleasing God? We want to be in the narrow way because broad is the path to destruction. Both are led by the flesh. Both are rebellion and both are contrary to the law of liberty. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 starting in verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. We are heirs. Have you ever just thought about that for a second? What does it mean to be an heir alongside Christ, to be a co-heir with Christ, to be a son and daughter of God? That means all things are yours. Paul literally writes... I believe it's in 1 Corinthians. He's writing to the people who are fighting over leaders. Oh, I to be. I'm, I'm from Apollos. I'm from Paul. I'm from Cephas. All of them are complaining and whining. And Paul says, no, you're not from any of us. You don't belong to any of us. You belong to Christ. It's Christ. He's the one. He's the one who has saved you. He's the one who loved you. He's the one who died for you to become a son. And he says, stop fighting over these stupid fleshly things because all things are yours, whether in heaven or on earth, whether God, whether Cephas, Paul, he says All things belong to you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought about what that means to be a co-heir with Christ? First off, I want to say this. You are a co-heir. You are no longer a slave. This scripture just told us before Jesus Christ, we were all slaves. And he used the reference as before we came to age, there were people watching and stewarding the young people. Right, so he's using the example, if, if a father were to have died and left his son a huge inheritance, that child would not get their inheritance until they were to a certain age. So they lived as slaves. They were told what to do. They were told how to live. They were told how to act. He said, now Jesus Christ came so you could be set free from the law of the flesh and the actual law of the old covenant. Jesus Christ came so you could be an heir. So I'm here to tell you today, you don't live in either one of these two places anymore. Whether you currently are or not, Scripture tells us we don't live there anymore. This is what I tell young men when they're struggling with sexual addictions. They say, Pastor Josiah, I am not free. I said the Word of God says you are free. You simply now have to walk in it. You are a child of God. It's time you walk in it. He freed you from over here, and he freed you from over here. He freed you so you could walk here. That's not the opinion of Josiah Hodge. This is the Word of God. Inspired by the Holy Spirit trying to set people free, 2022 years later in West Columbia, South Carolina, the Holy Spirit wrote this for you so you could realize I don't live here anymore. I don't live here anymore, but the, Jesus Christ died so I could live here in freedom from sin and freedom from religion because sometimes the cycle of religion is more harsh than the cycle of sin. The cycle of religion, you know what it tells you? You will never be good enough because you can never fulfill what the law says. You're not good enough. You suck. You can't do it. You can't do this in your own flesh. And you're right. You can't. That's why you shouldn't be here. Over here, sin tells you you're disgusting. You're nasty. You have to live in shame and guilt. Look what you did. Don't let anyone know what you did. You don't live here either. You live here in the middle with Jesus Christ. And this is why you can't merely comprehend with your brain. And this is why many Christians, and some in here, you've tried to comprehend with your brain for far too long. And now you're stuck in a place of anger and rage, wondering, God, why am I here? Because you haven't followed his spirit in so long, because you followed your own big head. Do you know how I know this? Because I'm the guy. Do you understand? Everything I say to you, I know because I did it myself. And I was walking as a believer, walking in anger and rage and all these things. Why? Because I wasn't letting the Holy Spirit lead me. I was just running off head knowledge I had gathered from Bible college. So the fact of the matter is this right here, this law of liberty, this thing that sets us free from the old covenant, this thing that sets us free from the flesh, it can't be merely understood here. Do you know how I know this? Because many Christians have read these passages many times and they're still living over here or over here. The Holy Spirit is not merely to be known by intellect, but by the heart. I've said this quote, but I'll say it again by Joshua Jones. A heavy head will never get you where a hungry heart will in the kingdom. I know many people who know a lot of Scripture who are very mean and very nasty. I know a lot of people led by the Spirit who are very kind and sweet and loving. Man, one day, I'll get it. And I want to encourage us today. I'm not, I'm not done, so don't get your hopes up. I want to encourage you to get caught up in the mystery of the Holy Spirit. We don't like mystery in America. We want to solve everything and have all the answers. But I want to encourage you, get, get caught up in the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Like, just sit there and ponder, what, the, what in the world the Holy Spirit of God lives inside my body? Anyone else ever think about that and be like, what the heck do I believe? No, seriously, sometimes I'm like, do I really believe the Spirit of God is in me? And when I come to the... the uh, revelation, realization that he does, I live a completely different way. And so the fact of the matter is, do we genuinely believe that, or have we just read it so much it's just kind of at the back of our minds? And that's for all of us Christians, not just some, sometimes Christians kill me. You're like, oh yeah, the new Christians need to know that. (laughs) like, Like the Bible's meant to be read one time and just left on the shelf because now you know it all. No, no, this is for all of us. In this season we're going into, I don't care how long you've been in the church. I don't care how much of the Bible that you know. I want you to pray in this season for a special revelation from the Holy Spirit. To break us free of the religious mindset of production and performance. And now we got to put on a show for everybody. And everyone's got to come and enjoy my PowerPoint. Enjoy my three-point sermon. And we just got to have it just the right way. Because if we have just the right way, God's going to come. God is already here. Do we understand there's not a method, there's not a model to get God in the presence of the people? You simply have to be humble and hungry. God, come be with us. But the fact of the matter is you don't even have to beg him. He lives inside of you. And so the fact of the matter is when we break free of religion is when we truly walk with the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit did not... Come to us to put more rules on our hearts, on our minds, but to write the perfect law on our hearts. Does anyone else think that that is absolutely perfect and just beautiful? Because the fact of the matter is there are seasons where I don't even have time to really dive into this like I want to. There are seasons, listen, my little baby right now has, has a pink eye and a cold. It's been, it's been, it's been, a, hot, it's been a hot week, like a hot mess week. It's been bad. And my little sister-in-law is here. Y'all, this week, I did not have time to read the word like I wanted to. My wife is about to pop. We're about to have another baby in the next couple weeks. So I was running daddy daycare this week, and I'm a little bit tired. And the fact of the matter is, I did not have time to read this word like I wish I did. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not doing this by my own flesh, by my own power, or by my own might, but by his Holy Spirit. And so even when, and guess what? I I didn't live in sin this week. And it wasn't because I didn't, that I didn't read the Bible enough. It's because I kept in step with the Holy Spirit in the small things. So the fact of the matter is, hmm, the religious hamster wheel is an easy one to get onto, but a really hard one to get off. It's real easy to tell yourself, okay, God's going to love me more, and I'm going to be more free if I read my Bible more this week. If I spend more time in my prayer closet this week, I will be okay. I'll get it done. Oh, God, okay, let's say you read 10 hours of your Bible this week, but then, oh, that's not good enough. Let me read 15. Okay, you did 15, let's do 20. Okay, you did 20. You set a goal for 25, but you only hit 19. Now what? You feel horrible, you feel nasty, you feel shameful, and the cycle restarts. God, I just want to be good enough for you. Did you know his son died because you couldn't? And now you are. You're welcome. There's a gift for you. You weren't good enough. You're right. You were horrible. So was I. And Jesus came and died so you could be accepted. If that's not the best news I ever heard in my life from a guy like me who lived in constant sin in a plethora of ways to know I could never free myself even though I tried so hard to do it, but now I can truly just walk in the love and forgiveness and mercy of the Son of God who died and redeemed me by the, Mm, my goodness, that is the God we serve. And if we can't even get excited over the simple gospel, we really need to get in our prayer closets, on our knees, crying out to God, God, why am I not moved by the gospel? If you are not moved by the gospel, you've been in church for too long. I'm serious. You need to take a hiatus. You need to get in your prayer closet. Don't come back here until you've got a revelation because it's not worth coming here if you aren't currently walking with the Holy Spirit. Because everything I say is going to go wide over your head because the Holy Spirit is leading us in a new direction. And those who keep in step are going to know exactly where we're going. If we are not moved by the simple gospel anymore, there's a problem. Do we understand this? Do we understand that in our culture, we are desensitized to everything. And the church is desensitized to the cross. How, when was the last time you saw the cross and cried? Not me. Why do you think I'm so convicted over this? We are so desensitized to the things of God because of the culture we live in, the entertainment and media we're constantly consuming, we're desensitized to the things of God. That's why we can harbor offense in this church. That's why we can walk in bitterness in this church. Y'all gonna be real upset with me today. That's why we can do those things because we are desensitized. Do you know what Ephesians tells me? Ephesians tells me to forgive others as Christ forgave me. Did I kill you? Did I crucify you? If Jesus could forgive people upon the cross, You can forgive me if I make a decision you do not like. But you see, those are the things we don't want to deal with. We want to hear Jesus died for me, but now when it comes to me, no, 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 don't talk about my business. Don't read my mail. I don't want you to look at me. Don't look at me. I don't want you to know what I'm thinking. I don't, why? Because we we are desensitized to the things of God. We've played church for so long, we forgot how to be the real church. The Holy Spirit, this is the beauty of him riding on your heart. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is why if you follow him by the flesh, you're going to go one or two ways. But this is where the Holy Spirit leads us. <laughs> I love this. The Holy Spirit is here to lead you into all holiness, righteousness, and goodness. Not sin and evil. Let's look like at Galatians 5, 16 through 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Do you know, do you know how you don't gratify the desires of your flesh? It's not by reading your Bible more. It's not even about praying more. It's about walking in the Holy Spirit. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. How many of us in here struggle weekly with temptations of our flesh who just want to be running, doing whatever it wants to do? You want to know the way to squash that? Oh, some of y'all are holy, holy, wow. Do you know how to squash that? Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always take you from things of the flesh and lead you to the things of God. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what does this tell me if you keep in step with the Spirit? You're not in this camp. Why? Because you don't follow a law. You're not stuck by man-made traditions and man-made laws of books heaped on top of your head. But also, you're not in this camp. You don't live in sin. Why? Because the Holy Spirit takes us in the middle ground. Man, if we could all get that revelation, we would impact this community greater, 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 greater. Why? Because we won't find ourselves in camps contrary to Christ. We will find ourselves in the camp of Christ. The Holy Spirit leads us in liberty from the flesh into the things of the Spirit. Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Can I tell you this is my checklist every single day for myself? Do you know how I can tell if I'm keeping a step by, with the Spirit? His fruit is so apparent in my life when I keep in step with him, when I'm not walking in these things. So if I'm walking in anger and hatred and malice, guess who I'm not walking with? I'm not walking with the Holy Spirit of God. So if you currently find yourself in your life living a list that is contrary to what this word says, guess who you are not currently walking with? The Holy Spirit. But guess who you can choose to walk with in this moment? the Holy Spirit. That's the beauty of the grace. That's the actual grace of God is that when we truly come to a point of understanding saying, Holy Spirit of God, I repent of this sin. Guide me, lead me. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to guide you and lead you because a hungry heart will get you way farther than a heavy head ever will. I went to college with some guys who are like 10 times smarter than me, but live in constant sin. But they're, oh, but they're 10 times smarter than Josiah. Yeah, you're right, and they brag to me about it all the time, how much smarter they were. And that's fine, but guess who's living in freedom? Your head will not get you as far. Never will it ever. You may understand here, but guess where it won't come out? In your actions. Because the one who controls you is the one who determines how you think, how you speak, and how you act. If you are controlled, I'm not saying what you read, if you are controlled by your flesh, you will act, think, and speak as the flesh. But if you are led by the Spirit, you will act, think, and speak as the Spirit speaks. Ephesians 5, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Y'all, this is the Spirit. It doesn't say read your Bible more, you'll be these things. It says the Spirit, what he produces is this. For the fruit of the Spirit consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Many of us are frustrated, angry, just over it. Why? Because we've tried to do this in our flesh for too long. We're not finding ourselves in places of goodness. We're not finding ourselves in places of righteousness and truth because your flesh will never take you there. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how successful you are. Paul even wrote, he said, was the gospel given to the greatest and the brightest? He said, no, many of you were slaves. Many of you were beggars. Many of you were poor. It's not about how great you are. It's not about how smart or successful you are. It's about how hungry are you. Romans 8, 12 through 15. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. How do we put to death the misdeeds of the body? By the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Stop living as slaves. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. So that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Can I tell you, your father loves you. Can I tell you, it breaks his heart to see you living in one of these camps contrary to his son. Like, do you understand that God loves you? That when scripture says that he sent his son to the world, do you know he was thinking of you when he did that? Do we understand God is not stuck in time nor space, but he transcends all reality. And then when he was looking through the timeline of the world, he saw you in it and loved you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he loved you. And the fact that is, we live as slaves. Why? Because we think God is mad at us. I messed up, so now my father is mad at me. Oh, I, I need to be good enough, so I come over here because my father is mad at me. What's the common denominator? We both believe God is mad at us but it's in the middle grounds of the spirit. And it says, our soul cries out, Abba, Father. Scripture tells us that when we can't come with the words to say that the Holy Spirit groans and moans through us saying the things of God. Do you know I believe he cries out, Abba, Father. Sometimes we get so spiritual, oh, he's praying this and this and that. No, I think the Holy Spirit is literally crying out, Abba, Father. Why? Because when you call him Father, he comes to your rescue. What does scripture say? He says, Jesus is saying this. He says, even if wicked fathers, instead of giving you a serpent, right, instead of giving you a rock, they give you food. They give you good things. Imagine how much more the Father above. Where all great things come from the Father of light, the Father above. So when we cry, Abba, Father, what does that mean? That means that God is pouring out his love, his mercy, his grace, his protection through his Holy Spirit working inside of us. Only by his Spirit can we live according to the law of liberty. How do we follow this law of liberty? It's just like I talked about last week, volume and comfort. Oftentimes our lives are way too loud. We drown them out. We got too much going on. What, what is that acronym that Abednego used for busy? Bondage under Satan's yoke. That's what it was. Busy, but burdened under Satan's yoke. So what does that mean? That means when we just fill our lives because we want to fill our lives and we're constantly doing things to be doing things, we don't leave the Holy Spirit any time to speak to us. Our lives are too loud. We need to quiet the volume of our lives. And I tell a lot of people, what does this look like? Stop watching TV so dang much. In American culture, golly, we got the TV on 24-7, movies, music, always something. Just quiet your life for a couple hours. And I think the problem is also in the church today, we're afraid of silence. It's like if the music's not going or the pastor isn't preaching, what's happening? What's going on? Quiet your life. Grow grow okay with the silence. Why? Because when you quiet your life, that's when you'll hear the Holy Spirit. The most busy times of my lives, I can tell you, were the most stressful because I didn't leave any room to hear the Spirit of God. Somebody said, say, oh, well, he'll speak to you anywhere. Okay, let me see your life and you prove it to me. Show me. Show me that the way you're living when you're not in right standing with him. I'm so tired of the, re- it's just so religious all the time. Tell me, just be real with me. I will expose my sins if you expose them to me too. I'll be real with you. I'll be honest. I'm that pastor that straight up tells you I had a porn addiction for, what, freaking 15 years almost? I'll be that guy to tell you why, because I'm done with the religious, the peacock. Let me put on a suit and tie. Let me be all cutesy for you. Let me be dignified. Oh, I'm the perfect man. No, I'm not perfect, y'all. I mess up pretty much daily. I'm a broken, messed up person saved by grace, but I'm not a sinner. I refuse to claim that over my life. I'm free. Am I still a hot mess sometimes? Oh, yeah, I'm still in this human body. I'm a dang hot mess sometimes. But the fact of the matter is I will never portray something I'm not to you, because the Spirit of God will not let you walk in lies. A lot of us who put on a front for church people, that's not the truth. Be who you are. And the fact of the matter is, I don't even know why I'm talking about this. The church was made for you to expose yourself to people who will love you and care for you and carry your burdens. So why do you try to be so strong when you walk in here? Did you know when you try to be so strong, you walk in here, you're walking contrary to the word of God. You're actually being disobedient when you put on a face that's not who you are. dependence, intentionality, and obedience. This is where I am, with the Holy Spirit. Dependence, saying, Holy Spirit, I don't want to talk, I don't want to act unless it's you. Dependence. But then being intentional to follow when I feel him. I mean, y'all, scary stuff like going to gas stations, because y'all, the other day, the craziest thing happened, I prayed and the Holy Spirit put a person's face in my mind I had never seen in my entire life. Drove up to a gas station, guess who was there? That person I had never seen in my entire life. Guess who I shared Jesus with? That person I had never seen in my entire life. Because why? I'm being intentional. Not just dependent, because you can be dependent and never listen. Dependent, intentional, and obedient. I'm being intentional about listening, and then when he says it, guess what I do? I do it. I'm telling you, I'm not content just coming on a Sunday morning for the rest of my life and being a pastor of a church and just being content. No, I want to experience the stuff in this book. I want the supernatural, supernatural radical love. Joy, peace. Listen, manifestations would be amazing. Oh, I would love to see that. I would love to see miraculous healings. But in this moment in time, I don't want to be disobedient to the Spirit of God, so I'm just praying for the fruit of the Spirit to be so evident and supernatural in my life that when people see me, they know something is different. I want my life to preach Jesus before I ever even speak a word. Why? Because when my life preaches Jesus, people are going to be so much more open to receiving Jesus. But if my life looks nothing like Jesus, and then I preach Jesus, guess who they're not going to accept? Jesus. So the fact of the matter, in this season, I'm being dependent, intentional, and obedient. This is what I love about Scripture. Ask and you shall receive. You want to follow the Holy Spirit, ask Him. You genuinely want to follow the Holy Spirit. You want your life to look different. You want to produce fruit you haven't before. You want to be that person who walks in love instead of hate. You want to be that person filled with joy instead of despair. You want to be that person who is patient and not just angry and upset and irrational all the time. You want to be that person, ask and you shall receive. So many of you are so content living the same way because you have a victim mentality. You don't want to get out of it. You want to live the same way you have for years because it's easy and it's comfortable because those around you are enablers and they will enable you to live that way. But the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit is not an enabler. The Holy Spirit will convict you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He will prune you. And the fact of the matter is are you willing to live in your flesh or do you want to follow Jesus? Because honestly, I'm, I'm tired of playing the church game. Because I love you. Do you know what I would do to see you free? Y'all, the Holy Spirit's doing something scary in me that I kind of feel like Paul. When Paul wrote, I would even give up my salvation if my brethren would believe. I kind of feel that way about y'all sometimes. I feel like I would give up my freedom to see you free. And I I see the wheels turning. I see revelation coming into some of your minds that the Holy Spirit's setting you free. But I'm telling you, some of you, I would literally give up my freedom so you could be free. That's why I say the hard things that I say because it breaks my heart to know that you're not following the spirit of God. And you say, well, how do you know that? I have the spirit of discernment and it's kind of scary how I can read people's mail sometime. But I love you even though I can see things that are uncomfortable and I want you to be free. Do you understand when we choose anything but freedom, we are settling for so much less than he died for. That's what happens when we follow him in the flesh and understand him from just our mind's perspective. I want to encourage you today. And I just want to encourage you through the week just to try something new. I don't want you to be so set on doing. I want you to be so set on doing. I don't want you to think that, oh, if I read this, I'm going to be closer to God. If I do this, I'm going to be closer. I want to encourage you this week. Don't focus on doing, focus on being. I, y'all are like, oh, that's not deep. No, I'm being dead serious because this is what set, will set you free. It's not about what you can do. It's about who you are in Christ Jesus. You can never set yourself free, but you're already free in Jesus. You can never redeem yourself, but you're already redeemed in Jesus. You can never truly walk in humility and love, but you can walk in humility and love in Jesus. Focus on being. That's the law of liberty. The law of liberty takes us away from both camps of the flesh, and it puts us where we need to be. And the fact of the matter is you don't got to follow rules because the law is already on your heart. What does that tell me? The Holy Spirit's already going to cause you to do these things. The Holy Spirit's going to call you to cry out, Abba, Father, pray to the Father. The Holy Spirit's going to cause you to want to read more of this Bible. But until you walk with the Spirit, this is always going to be a hassle. This is always going to be a have-to. Praying is always going to be a hassle. You're never going to be comfortable because you can't pray in the flesh. It says we can't even please God unless we walk in faith. So until we walk with the Spirit, these things will always be stuck under the law of being a have-to instead of I get-to. I'm coming into a season that is so freeing where instead of reading my Bible, oh, i got to read my Bible. No, I get to read my Bible. I get to read of the Father's love. I get to follow the Holy Spirit deeper by deeper revelation. And I also want to encourage you, when you read your Bible, don't just read it to read it. Pray for revelation from the Holy Spirit before you open that book. There's one thing I always take from the end of the book of Luke. It says that Jesus sat with the disciples and opened the scriptures. Do you know what I believe he does with us today? He will sit with us and he will open the scriptures and he will lead us in all truths. So instead of just doing to do, I need you, y'all, I'm telling you, because the Holy Spirit wants to take us somewhere, but we got to be on board. I need you to pray for revelation this week. I cannot set you free. I can't do it, but the Holy Spirit can through revelation from him. I can't give you revelation. I can simply tell you, and y'all, some of y'all probably still think I'm crazy, but the fact of the matter is things are changing. The Holy Spirit's not content with just doing the same old for the sake of the same old getting out of here at 11.30, washing our watches the whole time because we're bored because we think we heard it all. God. Has anyone else had to repent? Can I just be honest? Can I be real? Have any, have any of you had to repent lately for some of your thinking? Y'all, there was a point a couple of weeks ago where I just, I was so bored with church. I was just like, God, I'm so bored. And I started to think, how disrespectful is that to my father that I can't give him a couple hours on a Sunday just to, Give him my full love and attention and to just be amongst his people. Because the fact of the matter is, the problem is, we don't understand what the church actually is. We think we go to church. We don't understand the church leaves this building. We think that this is the church. And that's why we're ineffective. Why? Because the church stays here. The church doesn't go out. Now, a lot of you do. A lot of you take the gospel wherever you tread your foot. The kingdom of God is being established. But the fact of the matter is the majority of us don't fully grasp yet. And I I don't know if you heard me, but I kept saying yet because, y'all, I'm telling you, this is revelation from the Spirit of God that will set you free. I don't care how many times you heard it. I don't care how many times you read these scriptures. And the fact of the matter is your words, like we just went on the Word series, your words will conform to the Word of God whenever you follow His Spirit. So everything flows in what? Following His Spirit. Everything. And in this season, I told you, it's going to be an utter, radical dependence upon the Holy Spirit. No more head knowledge. And you know what I'm praying? Majority of you won't get bored in church anymore. I am praying that you are so zealous for the gathering of your brothers and sisters in the faith that you become so transparent and so open to everyone around you that you cannot wait to get to this church. This this, this church, please understand, this, you are the church of Christ. This body, this portion of the church of Christ, that you long so deeply to be with us that you can't can't help but be here every single time the doors are open. That's my prayer for you. For us going into this, because I don't know, we might even come back to the law of liberty a little bit deeper in the book of Romans. But the fact of the matter is this. For us to go where we're going in this next season of studying the church, we have to lay the groundwork for following the Spirit fully. We cannot follow him fully if we do not live according to the law of liberty. We, We can't do it. We can never get where Christ wants us if we are not in step with his Spirit. you stand with me? for those who want to receive, for those who are willing, would you please raise your hands? This is a prayer for just deeper, deeper, higher, all-around guidance, obedience, following of the Holy Spirit. Revelation in our lives to follow Him deeper and to get over our own pride and our own boasting in ourselves. Let our only pride and boasting be in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Holy Father, right now in this moment, I pray you to our pride, our pride of intellect, our pride of knowledge, our pride of accomplishments, our pride of always being right, just the pride. Father, destroy the pride, because the Holy Spirit does not lead us in places of pride, but places of humility and love. So Holy Spirit, in this season, I pray you destroy pride, you destroy tradition, you destroy religion in our minds, and you just set up the truth of who your Holy Spirit has called us to be. And in this season, Holy Spirit, I just pray you give a special revelation to not live according to the law of the flesh, not to live according to the law of the old covenant, but to live according to the law that you died for the law written on our hearts, the law that leads us in freedom and truth and goodness and righteousness, that day by day we would find ourselves more free than the day before, that things we struggle with for years will start to dissipate as we follow Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place, have your way in us. Just give us deeper revelation on what it means to be the Spirit. To have the spirit inside of us to be the temple of the holy spirit that we don't have to beg you to be here but you're already here with us just that concept of walking everywhere we tread our feet the kingdom of god is being established through us so holy spirit i just pray we experience supernatural fruit this week father i pray that we begin to love one another so much deeper that we love one another we that we forgive one another we carry each other's burdens that we become best friends and true brothers and sisters, that we love to be with one another, that we make our Father proud by the way we love one another because the world will know you are followers of Jesus by the way we love one another. So Father, I just pray that we grow in love, that you take away the the perversions and desensitization, desensitization cannot speak in our minds. And Holy Spirit, that you free us, that you free us to be the people you've always called us to be. To walk in love and goodness and mercy. Not in either camps contrary to Christ, but in the camp that Christ is king. And we walk in the beauty of his ministry of reconciliation, which he has given to us. To take the reconciliation to the world. To tell them that the Father is not mad at you any longer, but believe in his Son. And you will be free. Father, I just pray that you just equip us and encourage us and edify us in all things, Father. I pray that your church is edified today, built up, seeking the deeper things of the spirit, following you, being intentional and dependent and obedient. Father God, prepare our hearts and minds for this season, empower us to forgive and to love and to share burdens and to carry weights and to be there for one another. In my name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you guys for being here today. We love you. I would love if you stayed around and talked to one another for a bit. That'd be awesome. Um, But Pastor Ben, you have food? There's food across the street. Go bless yourself. Talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ, and we love you guys.
0: See you tonight at 6 o'clock.